listening to the Real Life Church Podcast. To learn more about Real Life Church, including our gathering times in Yuma, Arizona, visit us online at reallifeyuma.com. Today's talk comes from Pastor Bob Van Horn. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Real Life Church. I'm really glad you're with us today. We have one of the most real and relevant messages ever of all time the most real and the most relevant. How many of us out there have ever been in conflict with someone? A good old-fashioned argument where you're fighting back and forth? Today, we're going to look at what does the Bible say? How can we de-escalate conflict? In James 3, it says, those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace, and they will reap a harvest of goodness. How can you, in the midst of conflict, de-escalate it so that we can sow seeds of peace? Ten steps to de-escalating conflict. First of all, we need to recognize this, that God has made us all different, and that's why we're going to have conflict. What's important to you may not be important to me. What your passion is might not be my passion. You see, God has made us all different. We don't all line up and say we all agree with one another. We are going to have conflict. Secondly, we do live in a fallen world where the value systems of this world are contrary to what God says. That's going to cause conflict sometimes. Conflict happens everywhere. You could have conflict in your work situation. That ever happened between you and another employee? Maybe your boss? How about your family? Ever have a disagreement in your family? Man, if you don't say yes to that, you're lying. What about inside your own church? The community in which you live in? There's potential to have conflict everywhere. We live in a society today where when I look around and you look around, we see conflict around us everywhere. Over lots of issues. Some of them maybe not so important. Some of them really, really important. We see protests. We see disagreements. We see arguments. Sometimes when you look out there, it just looks like it's mass chaos. How should we be different? Remember, Jesus did say this in Matthew. He said, blessed are those who are peacemakers, for they will be sons of God. How do you and I, as Christians, how do we de-escalate this when it happens, especially when we're involved in it. There are two things. Being a peacemaker is not avoiding conflict. Some people think that avoiding conflict, that will solve everything. Think about that. Sometimes when you're married, conflict has to happen. You're not going to have peace by just avoiding the conflict. A lot of people don't like to rock the boat. A lot of people just want to sweep it under the carpet. A lot of people swallow it. A lot of people just grin and bear it. But avoiding conflict is not necessarily going to get the problem resolved. You got to talk about it. And when you do talk about it, let's try to talk about it to where actually talking happens. Second thing, peacemaking is not appeasing. Appeasing is where you just agree with everyone so you can avoid conflict. That's not good either. Jesus actually, if you look at his teachings and his interactions with people, had conflict with them, and yet he was able to still communicate with them. And that's our goal. Ten easy-peasy steps to follow the next time you've got that conflict in front of you. First one. I like this one lower your voice. You know, Proverbs 15 talks about, it says that a gentle response 
by lowering your voice will help calm a person's anger. And then it goes on to say, harsh words, loud words stir up intense fury. You know this already. When somebody gets loud with you, your tendency is to get loud back. You begin yelling. Your brain has kind of two different levels. There's this lower level where we act on gut and instinct. And we got to be careful of that because that usually gets us into trouble. The higher level of brain activity is actually where you do your cognitive thinking, your speech. And a lot of times when we get into a conflict, we go back to the lower level of the brain and we don't think so smart. And then when we don't think so smart, we say things that we don't mean. One of the best ways in the midst of conflict is as it starts to ratchet up, get softer in your delivery. Keep that higher part of your brain functioning instead of that lower gut instinct, I'm going to get even. Your brain has something called mirror neurons. It's the ability for you to feel what you see. Interesting, right? You have the ability to feel what you see. You feel that in the movie theater. You feel it when you're watching TV because what you're seeing, you begin to feel. And that's the same thing that's true when we get into conflict. If I lower my voice, there's a better chance of the person that I'm arguing with, having conflict with, of them lowering their voice. It's pretty hard to argue with somebody who's talking to you in a, you know, kind of a soft voice. You know, you're really loud and boisterous and they're just kind of really soft and under control. That de-escalates the conflict right away. Number two, de-escalating conflict by breathing and slowing down your pace of speaking. Take a deep breath and slow down. Because what happens in conflict is we get louder and we get faster. This mouth does have a way of outworking the brain. It starts saying things that you don't want it to say. We've all done it. Slow down. Take that deep breath. We're in a conflict right now. Lower your voice and slow down your speech rate. Think about what you're about to say before you say it. In Proverbs 29, verse 11, it says, a fool gives vent to his anger. It says that a wise person calms it down. How do you calm it down? Take a breath. Slow down your speech rate. Think about what you're going to say before you do it. And be soft in your answer. Proverbs 15, people with hot tempers start fights. They cause trouble. But a calm person and a cool spirit keeps the peace. Slow down, calm down, breathe, and be softer. Number three, listen more than you talk. That's going to be a hard one. Even the book of James talks about this. We've used this verse over and over. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Look, if you listen, you're a lot likely less to get angry, and you're a lot likely to say something that you're going to regret. Listen to what the other person is saying. One of the key things that keeps us from listening is being able to swallow our pride. See, in an argument or in conflict, somebody says something that you don't like. 
it bruises your ego or bruises your pride or you get stuck on that. And that's when you usually stop listening and you start retaliating. A lot of times what we have to do is we have to swallow that pride. We have to check that at the door in the midst of this conflict. This kind of leads us right into number four. They actually go right hand in hand. If you don't listen well, you're never going to catch the hurt that's behind the words. If we're going to de-escalate conflict, we have to kind of stop listening to the words because when people get excited, they do say things that maybe they don't want to say or they wish they said it a different way. But see, what happens is when we get into conflict, somebody says the wrong word and you key in on that word. And what you miss is what's behind the words. What's causing this all to take place? Is the person afraid? Are they jealous? Are they depressed? Are they anxious? What's actually going on in their life to whereas they're at conflict and maybe at conflict with you? What's going on? What's really going on? And I will tell you a lot of times, words we use are a defensive mechanism. And a lot of times we get upset by word choice. Somebody says the wrong type of word, the wrong way. You're not in the right mood to hear it. And before you know it, conflict goes off. But what we're missing is what's going on behind the words. What's causing that in their life to manifest in the words that they're choosing? In Proverbs chapter 14, verse 10, it says that every heart has its own bitterness. In other words, people, when we talk with one another and when we're in conflict with one another, everybody's got hidden stuff in their heart that's causing a lot of that what's coming out through the mouth. Number five, pray. Pray while you're listening. Look, if you're taking your time choosing your words, slowing down, breathing, and trying to really listen to what someone's saying, then take that opportunity to pray. God, I'm about to get mad. God, I'm getting upset. God, tell him, help me, Lord, to slow down. Help me to listen. Help me to hear what this person is trying to say. Look, our God doesn't want you to be at odds with whoever. Pray before you even get into the conversation. Pray for that person. Pray for your response. Pray for a parent, a child, a spouse, a teacher, a boss, a store clerk. As that conflict starts to rise, continue to pray. Lord, calm me. Lord, help me to see what's really going on in this conversation. Lord, help me to slow down. Help me to answer whatever's going on in a way that it de-escalates it instead of raises the conflict up. In Psalm 65, the Bible says this, that God stills the raging ocean. God stills the noise of the roaring waves. And that he can also calm the uproar of the people. As this begins, and when we begin to pray, ask God to calm your heart in the midst of it. Number six is a tough one. It says that we should seek to understand before seeking to be understood. My wife and I practice this all the time. We'll be in the midst of a discussion. Sometimes, yes, even we have conflict. And I want to make sure that I 
understand what she just said. She can say something to me, and I'm going to go back and I say, let me make sure before I want you to understand my perspective, I understand your perspective. In other words, sometimes you might have to let the other person go first to make sure you understand where they're coming from. And by the way, the Bible does talk about that. It does say, seek to live with your wife in an understanding manner. Make sure you understand where she's coming from before you're understood. Now that leads us right into number seven, and this is huge. Try to see the other person's perspective. Philippians 2 talks about this. It says, don't look out for merely for your own interests, but also for the interests of others. Try to see their perspective. This is what I see going wrong in the world today. There are so many different sides to different arguments all over the place, especially even in our own country. All around the world, people only see their side. They refuse to understand or even consider the other person's perspective, their hurt, their injustice, the criticism. They don't see that. Jesus was a master at that. He was able to see their perspective and be able to minister to their perspective. If Jesus can do it, and Jesus lives in you and I, we can do it too. Try to see it from their perspective. That's going to help you de-escalate conflict. Now, eight's a little introspective. Make sure that you have a clear picture of yourself. That, now, that sounds scary, right? God, I want you to give me a clear perspective of my heart. What's going on in my life? Because sometimes, wouldn't you agree that there are things that are going on in your life, circumstances that are going in in your life that you allow to kind of influence the conversation sometimes? We call those bad days. I've had a bad day and I'm going to take it out on whoever or whatever. Give yourself a good snapshot. Am I in the right place right now? Am I in a right relationship with God right now? And if I'm not, let's make sure I am before I go into this situation that could be explosive. Number nine is admit to any part of the conflict that you might have caused. I will tell you that I've been doing this a long time, and I've had people come in, they want a relationship advice, and never ever have I looked at one person and said, it is 100% completely your fault. We all own part of it. It doesn't make a difference. Whatever conversations happen, we all own a part of that. And a lot of that time, we won't get involved in it and own our part. What we are always looking at is what did they do? Jesus in Matthew chapter 7 kind of addressed this. He said, we're always really quick about picking out a piece of dust in someone else's eyes. And yet we never look at ourselves to remove that, he calls it a log, or a plank in your own eye. We want to focus on the other person when, well, Jesus says, what about you first? You get it right, and then lastly, help your brother, sister, mom, dad, brother, whoever get it right. Number 10, and probably the most important of all of them, really take time to choose your words. Be careful about the words that you use. It is the one thing that I have learned that you can't undo that. 
Once it's out, you can say, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that, but you did say it. And we got to be careful about the words that we use. The Bible talks a lot about words. Matter of fact, the book of James has a lot about the tongue. And it says, who can bridle the tongue? It has the power to steer ships and control horses. Your tongue can get you in a lot of trouble. And therefore, it's really important for you to choose the words that you use carefully. Words are like swords. They have the ability to kill somebody or they have the ability to build someone up. The Bible says that the tongue of a wise person brings healing. That's what we ought to focus on. And I'm going to tell you something, unless you can learn to slow down and learn to pray and learn to breathe and learn to put yourself in the other person's shoes, look, you're going to say words all the time that are going to be cutting and hard and they're not going to de-escalate conflict. They're just going to ratchet it up. And that's what we're good at doing, I think. It's time to break the habit. I think it's time to learn to do conflict differently. What would it look like if leaders, if we were to practice these de-escalating principles? That's real faith. Man, I hope you got something from it today. There was a lot. I want to encourage you to do this. Write them down post it somewhere, use these principles, and I guarantee you people will see a difference in how you do conflict, and all you can do is control you. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Who would have thought, and being a peacemaker of all these different things straight from the Bible that we could do to help de-escalate when conflict happens? Lord, that's the one guarantee. I'm pretty sure that every listener that is listening today will probably face a conflict or two in the next week where we could be different about it. We could choose to de-escalate and be reconciled instead of destroying and ratcheting up a conflict with another person that's going to cause harm. God, I pray that you give me the strength to remember these as I do my day-to-day life. God, help me to do that. Help others that are listening to do it as well. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Real, practical, and relevant. What more can you say? Until then, I'll see you next time. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, Visit us online at reallifeyuma.com or download the Real Life Church app. And again, thanks for listening to the Real Life Church Podcast.